Welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I am your host, Harley. Joining me on today's episode to dive into the world of Pokemon, he's a returning guest to this podcast as well as a co-host of the podcast Invasion of the Body People, it's James Rodriguez. James was kind enough to come back on the show and explore this absolutely fascinating area of pop culture. Pokemon is one of those things that has sort of transcended various different mediums, from trading cards to anime series to video games and movie adaptations. It seems there's nothing this franchise can do. And we sit down to discuss why that is, what's helped it to endure, the various different platforms that it's found success on, and so much more. This is one of my favourite conversations that I've had on this podcast so far, and I hope that you guys enjoy it too. So, without further ado, let's get to it. This is Pokemon with James Rodriguez. Hello, James, and welcome back to the Fundamentals podcast. Hi, Harley. Thanks for having me back. Oh, my pleasure. I'm really excited to do this topic with you because Mm. I think this is going to be one that for a lot of people... It's, it's going to be the way that I feel about it, where it's just like a trip down memory lane. It's full of nostalgia mm. and it's still relevant today. We can get into it. And that is, of course, Pokemon. So to kick us off, yeah, what was your introduction to Pokemon? Like many people my age, um, it was watching it on CITV on Saturday mornings, I believe it was. And mm-hmm. uh, just remember, everyone was into it. They loved the adventures of Ash and Pikachu. And I quite enjoyed it. I didn't get to play the games that early. But then okay. when my family uh, moved to town, you, when you're a kid, moving town is a massive thing because you're essentially losing all that you've known to go to somewhere new. And new is frightening as a kid. Yeah. And, some, and sometimes as an adult. <laughs> but I remember just on that trip, all I had to keep myself company was like a Pikachu plush. Oh, yeah. And I really gripped onto that. And as I moved town, I made new friends and Pokemon was the basis for it. It was a introductory point and I got into the games. I got further and further into it to the point where when I got secondary school and I met some of my oldest friends who are still my best friends to this day again pokemon was a key part of us bonding and becoming such good friends and right. and we still 
still great friends. We're still Pokemon fans. We still do so much related to the franchise. It's just felt like a constant to me. And real and stuff like Pokemon Go and the brand new games just really added to that. And it's always been something that we can just take time out and go do together. Right. I love that, man. And yeah, I, I could see this conversation. I was thinking about it earlier. I could see it heading in this direction because it is something that fascinates me about this mm. um, because my experience is similar to yours. I remember the cartoons. I remember, like you say, all the, the paraphernalia that came with it, uh, the video games in particular, which I'm sure we'll get onto, and how, as you say, it's just something that's continued to evolve and stay relevant in mm. the uh, in the pop culture zeitgeist to the point where, as you say now, you know, in our adulthood, it's still still out there. There's still plenty of stuff Pokemon related that you can enjoy, right? Mm. Of course. Um, and I think what Nintendo have really done well is that they know they've got a hit, but they haven't yeah. just rested on their laurels laurels with it. Mm -hmm. They keep adding to it. They keep updating things, be it a new mechanic, twist on fan favorites. Mm -hmm. They make key ch little changes with every game. But it's mm. something which, if you've been playing for so long, you're like, finally, they've changed that. <laughs> just stuff right. which, if you go back and play the old older games, you're like, oh, I forgot I had to contend with this. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point. So uh, what, what was your first game then? What was your introduction to that side of it? Pokemon Silver. Silver. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull up a little tab here, so just to jog my own memory, because... I'm sure, like me, um, you would have found on the school playground in particular, that became a big thing, right? Because not only oh, yeah. could you play... I think some of the genius of those games in particular was not only did you have your own adventures, which was all built into this, this world, which was awesome, where you're basically, you always start off as a Pokemon trainer and you, you go and have your adventures and it's all in-game and you can get your badges and all that. Mm. But then you could do, like, battles with, with friends. And that was almost, I think that was, like, quite an early feature in a lot of... The, the early Game Boys, and I just remember that was huge on the playground. The fact that people would bring in mm. all their different games and you could just sit at break times and you'd be trying to battle each other with, with whatever you had. Oh, yeah. When, like, red and blue and yellow, I was so jealous of the kids who would bring them in and just mm. trade Pokemon and that because that's what really set it apart yeah. was well, no matter what game you had, you didn't have all the Pokemon in the Pokedex. You nope. had to trade just to evolve or to get... Um, get whatever one you didn't have in your game it yeah. was a it it's a fantastic idea which really encouraged um multiplayer and mm -hmm. and it's stuff like that which still they still do to this day and to be fair that's one of the things which if it's not broke why are you going to try and fix it absolutely man and i yeah just looked up see so yeah, a gold and silver those were the early color editions i remember that mm. as well as like a big deal um going from the basic first excuse me, the basic first uh, Game Boy, which I think was black and white, wasn't it? And I think the first Pokemon game was yes. black and white. And then like almost instantly, it felt like, you know, within a few years, suddenly it's, uh, yeah, it's all color and gold and silver. Yeah, I remember those quite vividly. <laughs> I'm looking at them. Awesome games. Mm. I bet they still and hold their value as well. I expect so. What, what that generation, gold, silver mm. and crystal, what really holds up about them is that you do the typical thing, go through the game, beat the gyms, become the champion, mm -hmm. and then you can go back to the previous region and just 
do that all over again and yeah it's something no other game has done before i suppose you can't like eight generations in because mm. then the game will just be never ending going back over and over again oh can everything. you imagine that it, it, maybe that'll be the next thing that mm. <laughs> i'll just put that out there and yeah then we'll really be done for because like you say you'll be sat you could spend literally your entire life just going back through all of the games but i mean this one came out in 1999 so uh, yeah they you'd have to go pretty far back if they ever did that mm. Uh, although some of those older games on like Nintendo Switch updated systems would look so good. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, now that you mention it, did they ever remaster any of them? I can't remember if they ever did. Um, yeah, remakes is a often is a thing they often do. Um, mm. it uh often the most recent one was Gen Four Diamond and Pearl. They did remakes for on the Switch. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll get. As far back as gold and silver. Mm. So yeah, now I'm just I've put up a list of all the different ones that they sort of go back to. Uh where are we? Yeah, so silver and gold were second generation, which is wild to think about. Um and then yeah, Ruby and Sapphire. I remember Ruby and Sapphire in particular being absolutely huge at mm. the time when that came out. Because I think that was a yeah, that was it. Game Boy Advance. So that's when they came out. Um you know, this reminds me actually of the conversation I had with Matt about Zelda. Legend of Zelda. Yeah, and kind of how like Nintendo seems to be really good at this, that they'll update a certain platform, but they'll update it with a specific franchise in mind. You know, mm. so like we're going to release this game, this gaming platform, this new device, but we're going to release it with a Zelda or a Mario or a Pokemon so that people will have a reason to go out and buy it, right? I must admit, that absolutely worked for me. Oh, I, yeah, same. <laughs> I wasn't going to get a Switch, but then they brought out Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, and I was just like, right, day one, I'm just <laughs> buying a Switch just so I can play this game. Yeah. They got me. They got you, that's it. It's, it's smart, right? As you say, if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you've got a massive franchise, millions of fans around the world, why not? Exactly. They know they're going to get money from the big franchise, so they mm. weren't going to do right by them. So it's a good marketing tactic, really. Yeah, yeah. And it's one I, whenever I think of Pokemon, actually, I do think of the Game Boys and the various mm. portable devices and how like, each generation there seems to be a new device and then a couple of Pokemon games come out with it. Like you say, to kind of draw us in. I think it's brilliant. Exactly. And it's not even just the mainline stuff. You get mm. stuff like um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon and Pokemon Snap. Yeah. All, yeah, all these, they know what their fans mainly come for, but then they mm. pepper in other types of things. So it's like, we know you love the Pokemon, so maybe you'd like to try something a bit different. Hmm. I think it makes sense, because especially the, the original games, like they, they're so immersive. Right. Mm. I mean, like you say, if we're kids watching at home, watching, I remember the Indigo League with Ash and the original gang. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be a Pokemon trainer, right? And so what better way to do it than to have a video game? Exactly. And I do think the anime had a hand in blowing up the series popularity. Yeah. Because you saw Ash traveling with his beloved Pokemon, especially Pikachu. Oh, yeah. And just as a, as a kid, it made it seem so appealing to just go on those adventures with whatever pokemon you love and that especially works because there's we're nearing on a thousand pokemon now 
Really? Not even, yeah, not even oh. counting um, regional variants, mega evolutions, whatever other variants versions there are. Mm. And it seems like, regarding Pokemon, there's something for everybody. Okay. There's, every Pokemon is going to become someone's favorite, and you're mm. going to get just fan bases who love a specific Pokemon, ready to collect figures, plushes, cards, whatever, because that's the Pokemon they connect to the most. Right. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that, but actually, that makes a lot of sense, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, it's... Yeah. You naturally do gravitate, so... Yeah, what, what was your favourite Pokemon, then, or what is your current today? Umbreon. Umbreon. I have to look this up. It's one of Eevee's evolutions the, from Gen 2. Gen 2. Oh, cool! Yeah, I do recognise this. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So why Umbreon, then? Um... Well, when the game came out, I just thought, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, must admit, it was just that <laughs> shallow. But then as I've, gr- as I've grown up, I just loved the Pokemon more. And just this moonlight fox thing, which I just latched onto to the uh-huh. point, I'll show you, I've got a tattoo of it. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Wow. Okay. That's really so, cool. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know much about that one, actually. I know Eevee's one of those that I thought was a really cool idea because it's one of the Pokemon. It has, well, I just see here, there's like 10 other variations. Um, they say, I think they change every generation, right? You get uh, different ones you can get. Um, something like that. It's mm. been quite a while since Eevee's got a new evolution, but it is one of the few where it that one Pokemon can have so many different paths on where it can go right and and it does come down to personal preference really because there's so many different versions Uh, Mm. i i don't think it's one of those things where you can have a tactical advantage either way it's just which is your favorite sure sure okay what's your favorite pokemon oh that's a good question um i haven't thought about this in a while there's a couple that spring to my head from when I was a kid. I mean, I was a big sucker for Charizard because it's a big dragon. Of course. You know, but then as I played the games, I remember I, I got hold of a, um, oh, this is so bad. I can't remember the name of him. What was it? What did he it look a little, like? Um, he had a little skull. Cubone. Cubone. That's it. And then his, what did he turn into? Cubone. Marowak. Marowak. Yeah, I remember I got, um, um, what's it? A Marowak. Marowak was its evolution, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, Marowak. I remember I got one of those in one of the games. It might have been Sapphire. And I just remember how sort of fun it was having that. Mm. And also, again, like to your point of just the aesthetic of it looking pretty cool, like this angry little dude with a skull skull cap on and throwing bones at people. I was like, this is kind of fun. And yeah, I just remember <laughs> liking that quite a lot. And mm. um I think I even collected a few cards. I've still got them somewhere, actually, in the loft, and I'm pretty sure I've got a couple of those. Oh, Cubone is wonderful. Do you know yeah. the sad history with Cubone? Isn't it, well, like, it's the skull of his mother or something? Yes, and the <laughs> bony froze is like his mother's as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think I did know that. <laughs> To the point, oh, there's this one card which I love, which is... In the background, it's a mother cuddling a child. Yeah. And in the front, it's Cubone just hugging the bone of his mother. Oh. oh it's so, so sad. Wow. What does that say about me then? I, hmm. <laughs> That's weird. 
<laughs> bit macabre. Bit, yeah, that must be. That must be what it says about me. Yeah, but yeah, uh, there were so many, man. I mean that that, like I said, watching the cartoons and the the games and all of that was brilliant. And to come back to the cartoons for a sec, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember it. It was in Indigo League, wasn't it? it was the first series, I think. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, because um, you're right. Like we obviously grew up the same generation, and it was yes. CITV on a Saturday morning and yeah it was it was great and in the movies as well you know mm. they used to do what was it the first one was 2000 I think with Mewtwo um, 2000 was or the was second a different one, one with Lugia and that's the it. birds that's it Me- Mewtwo was just Pokemon the first movie that's right that's right see I, re- I remember those coming out and them being a huge deal and Mm. friends would get vhs tapes and we go around each other's house and just watch it over and over and over and i'm sure my parents were just like what is this noise <laughs> <laughs> see i remember queuing up to see it with my mum and the cinema the queue was so long it went around the block wow and okay. yeah and i just remember getting the cards seeing it with my mum and a childhood friend of mine and looking back on it i just think i had such a blast with that mm. but <laughs> my mum must have endured this. Because <laughs> yeah. wasn't that, I think the first movie in particular, they invented, I think that's when they came up with Mew and Mewtwo, right? They just, it was all for the film, if I remember correctly. Um, I th- No, because no? okay. the games came first and Mewtwo was attainable in the game. Mew, uh, okay. I seem to remember Mew was in the game, but how to get it was Playground Rumours. Because ah. people were saying, oh, maybe if you use strength on this truck, it's underneath. Or maybe if you do this and that. But it was just rumours. Mm. And they came into popularity with the film. Mm. And there were peppering Mew and Mewtwo in the TV show to lead up to the film. Ah. And it was it was meant to be a massive crossover. Yeah. But then it got thrown out of schedule a bit because of the infamous Porygon episode. Oh, I, this rings a bell. Please do explain, though. Okay, so this was an episode which... It never aired in the UK. When it aired in Japan, um, Pikachu uses Thunderbolt attack on some missiles in... I don't think it was in space. I think it was... But regardless, Pikachu's Thunderbolt attack on the missiles, it gave off an explosion which gave off red and blue flashing lights, which reportedly caused epileptic seizures across japan with 685 viewers taken to hospital whoa Mm. oh my goodness okay yeah that would do it (laughs) yeah but what's that (laughs) so how did that throw everything out of sync then um because once that happened i believe the series went it was such a big thing of course Mm, yeah the series went off schedule on how it went on hiatus for like four months or something. Oh, okay. Mm. Right. And here's the cruelest thing. <laughs> it's been 25 years, something like that, since that episode aired in Japan. Mm. Never aired in any country since. Oh. It's been over that episode, I mean. It's been over 1,100 episodes, 20 films since that happened. Porygon, the episode was centered around Porygon. Porygon and its evolutions have never played a main role to, in the anime to this day, despite Pikachu oh. being the cause of the seizures, but Porygon got the blame. Ah, mm. Poor little crystal duck. Didn't stand a chance. <laughs> well, it's just... 
got the blowback because you can't ban Pikachu. He's the face of the franchise. Yeah, I was going to say, if 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 they'd have banned Pikachu, I think there would have been a riot in Japan. <laughs> well, globally, let's face it. Uh, especially at this point, Pikachu yeah. is so synonymous with the franchise, you can't distance them. I know. I mean, you know, one of the live action, that I think the first live action kind of movie we've had with Detective Pikachu, I mean, it's, it's all mm. about him. He's He's the core character because... I think that's something that you know, he's just a mascot of the show, right? Like like a Link for Zelda or a well Mario for Mario or you know these other characters. They're just like you say synonymous. You see Pikachu, everyone goes, "Oh yeah, Pokemon Pikachu." Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, Pikachu is just the face of the franchise, and mm. I know they've tried giving time to other Pokemon. Like Eevee had a bit around the twentieth anniversary. They were trying to. Big Eevee up mm. when Eevee got one of the mainline games, um, Let's Go uh, alongside Pikachu. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying for a bit with Piplup and Mimikyu and other characters, but it all comes back to Pikachu, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to to say no to his gorgeous little face, right? And <laughs> he's such a cute little character. Yeah. And, and like you say, like, it's the kind of thing that, especially when you're a kid, you just lap it up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How can you say no to that adorable little yellow mouse? Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I have to say, I have not kept up with the series, sort of. I can't remember the last time I watched it, actually, to be fair. I remember a couple of the movies, because they were, they were like the events, weren't they, in, in the mm. series. But I know there was a changeover, wasn't there? Because Ash was the main character for, I think, a, quite a while, right? Ash is still the main character. It's just that... Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, I think I know what you mean, because they had this new character, Go, enter the series, and uh-huh. essentially... Okay, I'll just say, essentially, for the first, like, six generations or something, it was the typical mm. formula. Ash goes mm. to a new region, captures a load of Pokemon, battles the gym leaders, mm-hmm. gets into the championships, doesn't win, rinse and repeat. And right. then... Around about Alola, Gen 7, they changed it up. So Ash went to school. He wasn't just going around doing the same old shtick. But mm. that actually changed things because Ash actually did become a champion in that series. Right. Mm. Okay. I was going to say, because I mean, the whole premise was he wanted to be the greatest. So you think at some point they're going to pay that off, right? Mm. I mean, at this point, Ash is. It's essentially Ash is a little bit more of a mentor, while Go is the one mm. going to every region, catching all these Pokemon. And right. at the moment, Ash's thing is, as of recording, he's in mm. the top eight of the World Championships, which are bringing um, back champions from all these different regions. That's cool. So I like that. Whether he actually wins or not, it's still up in the air. But okay, it's looking quite well. But have they aged him up a bit over time then? No, he still looks 10. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's fine. That's what cartoons do. They often stay in stasis. Yeah, I mean, look at The Simpsons. I was just about to say, yeah, we did that a few few weeks ago and that was something we definitely addressed. But yeah, okay, no, that's cool. Um, I remember he had sort of a... kind of a, mess, a messianic... Um, I want to say storyline in some of the movies. Like, I just, I just 
I, you could please correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but I seem to remember with quite a few of the films, like I think the original and then 2000, and I think there was another one after that where the storyline seemed to be that he was involved in some kind of like prophecy or something. And he was, he had a bit of a chosen one thing going on with, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, that always threw me a little bit. Cause I was kind of like, Oh, where did, where does this come from? Cause like you say <laughs> in the series, he's just a kid from a small town who I think in the first episode nearly dies like because <laughs> of incompetency. <laughs> and it's like him just growing and becoming that character. So then to suddenly be in the movies like, Oh, you're a chosen one. It's like, hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do rinse and repeat the whole chosen one thing a couple of times. And mm-hmm. it's funny you say messianic because the first one literally has him essentially die and come back to life. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah, because he gets turned to, like, stone or something, doesn't he? And I was like, whoa, this is really biblical and epic for for a, a show about little animals, you know? I mean, at the point uh, about Gen 4, they pretty much introduced Pokemon God and the Pokemon Devil. So, really? Yeah. yeah I did not know this. Their actual Pokemon you can capture, Arceus and Giratina. But, ah, okay. But it's funny you mentioned biblical because Pokemon literally went there. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm just looking it up now because I've not heard of either of those characters. Mm. I might recognize. Oh, I've seen this one before. Yeah, I recognize these. Wow. Okay. I didn't know they went there. <laughs> yes. Uh, huh. After a point, their legendaries, which would often be on the box art, they just had sure. to make them bigger and actually be an intricate part of like hmm. the atmosphere and the region and that. So like Diamond Nepal, you've got Palki and Dialga who are essentially hmm. the avatars of space and time. Right. And then you've got, uh, you remember Gen 3 had Groudon and Kyogre who were land and sea. Yes, that's right. It might have been uh, Groudon that I saw a film about if i remember correctly again this is all sort of hazy memories for me i don't have the uh, the expertise mm. that you do <laughs> i mean i haven't seen all the films a lot of okay it's I, i'm intending to but it's just finding the time and coming to them funnily enough i did yeah. i went through a lot of them during the first lockdown mm-hmm. paired, funny enough i paired them up with david lynch films oh wow mm. that's quite the pairing yes <laughs> how did it Very feel when you got to, how, yeah i was gonna say how did you feel when you get it up to school of rock what did you pair that with <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? was that a link later film it's- that's link later ah that's it right that's me getting my wires crossed david lynch was um blue velvet maholland drive twin peaks oh my god yeah no that's yeah trying to pair that with how did you do that I was just interested in Lynch and I just was like, well, I need something comforting as well. So just a Pokemon film. Right. Okay. I see. I see. That makes sense. Mm. That's great though. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Um, I think actually for the while, like even the first couple of seasons were on Netflix. I don't know if they still are. They probably are, but there's also an app where, Pokemon app where mm-hmm. they actually have episodes and movies and stuff on there and it's all free. Wow. No adverts and that. Huh. 
Only thing is, it's well, like uh, any streaming services, it's mm-hmm. they rotate it, and it depends on what they want to put on. It's not just sure. watch every episode. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't. How many episodes do you think there are now? There must be hundreds. Uh well, what did I say earlier? At least uh, one thousand one hundred. Um, <laughs> probably more since. Um, God, I mean, twenty-five years worth of anime. There's got to be loads. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even know where to begin, you know, if you wanted to. I mean, you could just say from the beginning, but it might take you a while. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose it's just want to try a region, maybe go from the start Mm. of that region and Mm. just go through the Ruby and Sapphire years, just try that as a chunk, I guess. And Mm. Okay, cool. So uh, I'm curious, James, did you have any sort of favourite characters then? Uh, watching the series and the movies growing up? Um, well, uh, I suppose... Um, I quite like Team Rocket. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Not in a, I, oh yeah, I want them to steal Pikachu kind of way, but in a, these are so fun to watch. and Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're great, aren't they? Just mm. bum- bumbling villains are always fun in a kid's show, and having like the best tagline in every episode <laughs> oh their rocket mokuto probably yeah. gets annoying when you're watching it in like the 30th episode consecutively or whatever but mm-hmm. but it's it's just worth it just for that little me Alf, that's right at the end of it yeah <laughs> yeah oh that was so good Protect the world from devastation. To unite all peoples within our nation. To denounce the evils of truth and love. To extend our reach to the stars above. Jesse! James! Team Rocket, blast off at the speed of light! Surrender now or prepare to fight! Meow, that's right! If I remember correctly, didn't like Meowth was. I think he was rare, wasn't he? In that he was like one of the few Pokemon that could actually talk. Yes, um, the anime lore was that he wanted to impress another Meowth, so he learned to walk and talk while he was perched above school children just learning their lessons. And Mm. didn't impress the Meowth after all, but worked out for us, we got him in the anime. Yeah, true. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it's kind of hard to beat those characters, but I love that. Um, I wonder then, James, did do you ever collect any of the cards then? Mm. You must have some lying around somewhere. Oh, I've got loads. Um, pretty much, <laughs> I've, I've learned to play this game multiple times in my life, and I've forgotten right. it every time. I've, at this point, I just collect the trading cards because I love the artwork, and, uh, and I think it's such a great medium for these talented artists to put their mm. work into, because... They don't, it's not like cookie cutter stuff as well. Sometimes you get um, plasticine models, sometimes it's mm. hand drawn stuff, and other times, like there's this interesting one where Charmander, Charmeleon, and Charizard, and it's the story of a boy who grew up with a rambunctious Charmander, the teenager mm. growing close to his Charmeleon, and then the adult and his best friend, the Charizard. Sometimes they paint a story like that, and it's quite right. lovely. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking. I, <laughs> you're right, because it's not not only is it amazing 
way of expressing, as you say, the the artistic designs and what they can do with it. Mm. But I think it works better almost as a collectible as opposed to a trading game because technically, well, the clue's in the name. It's trading cards, so there is clearly a structure and a game to playing it. But I, I think I'm with you, man. I, I can't remember the last time I would have played the actual games. I think you just mm. had them just to say you had them. And I remember at school, like, you wouldn't want to trade them. You just want to bring in your collection and all your mates would just look at what each other's got as opposed to actually trading. <laughs> yeah, because it it was your stuff. It was, yeah. yeah, exactly. It was the stuff that you pulled out, especially mm. if if you pulled out that one rare and you're just like, oh my God, this is mine. This is all me. Yeah, because you could get different types as well. Like You can get like the dark versions, I seem to remember, and like there were platinum mm. cards and. Yeah, I remember, like, I think a friend of mine had, like, a dark Charizard or something, and it was like, oh, that's so rare, where'd you get that? And, yeah, we'd all sort of talk about the different ones that we had, and, like you say, you're not giving them up. Not so they eight year old on the playground, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, one of my friends once told me a sad story about how they traded one of the first-gen rare Charizards, like, one of yeah. the rarest cards you can get, for something like a Gyarados, which you could get for, like, a couple quid on eBay now. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It's very unfortunate. Oh. Actually, now I wonder, yeah, I might have to have a look later on eBay and see like what the going rates are. Because I think with anything like this, when there's collectibles involved, right, there's got to mm. be a huge market for it. Especially when you're talking, like you say, first gen, second gen, like, no doubt, mm. the rarer, the better. Of course. Actually, I, <laughs> I had a look just per chance on eBay. There was this mm. um, something like 20... 20th anniversary they had promotional cards of like pikachu but dressed as like super mario luigi that kind of stuff <laughs> that's great i got a japanese pikachu card for like eight quid now it's worth like 500 whoa i know oh my goodness you must be sitting on a small fortune there james uh probably not i don't have a <laughs> l- pretty much i don't really have my old cards from when i was a kid um mm-hmm time and that but mm. i've tried to recoup them but it's mainly just been the stuff anyone can get for a couple quid but right. and then just what i can pull out of packs but probably have some decent stuff in there but yeah but if i wanted to sell that stuff then i then i don't think i would have been keeping hold of it by now i think it would have been sold mm. and dusted as yeah oh fair I'll have to have a look now in the loft. I know, I know I've got a pack somewhere, I've got a band to see see what's in there. Never know, you might have a Charizard or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess what, what sort of other video games did you play then over over the generations? Because I know that we said earlier, <laughs> no, it's like Game Boy was the big one, right? Mm. And still continues to be. I mean, now we've got Switch, of course, but... I know there was quite a few others that came out. They, used to, they tried them on pretty much every platform, right? Yeah, so, yeah, there was Game Boy slash Game Boy Color. That was when the first two gens came out. The mm. Game Boy Advance was about Ruby and Sapphire years. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. the Nintendo DS came out, that was the next two generations. Um, and then, yeah. then it transitioned over to the 3DS and before going over to Switch and... I at some point in my life I had them all when I tried all the Pokemon games. Um, mm-hmm. Funny enough, um, Gen Six. Um, I didn't have the DS. I didn't have the uh, game because it was just like oh, I really can't afford another console. 
But then a friend of mine was just like, yeah, I bought the new Pokemon game and the DS, but I just not really playing it. So I'm going to sell it off. And it was just like, and it was just at that point. It was like, mm. um, how much are you selling it for? <laughs> yeah, I can take that off your hands. Mm-hmm. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just have a look now. And um, yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple for the, the Switch and the DS still, still out there. Mm. And I mean, they're the kind of games you can still keep coming back to them, right? As you say, they're so open world. And even I even remember the early ones, you know, going back to like the silver and gold, just how expansive they were. Mm. You know, it's something you could spend like a year playing, if not longer. Exactly. Um, because it's not just going through the main mission. It's also going back to the on, adri- original mantra of catching them all and mm-hmm. filling up that Pokedex. Um couple of the, rec- the recent games have made that a bit more um limited because they you don't you can't catch all 900 odd pokemon in the games they just got oh. a reduced pokedex and which was controversial for the fan base because mm. then it's just like what if my favorite's not in there and the unfortunate thing yeah yeah that's true and it was mm. it was kind of half the fun as well like on the school playground of you may saying like, oh, have you been to this bit of the game? You can find all of these guys here. And then you kind of, yeah, you get all these tips off of each other of where to go and mm. get stuff and build them up over time. And But one of the best things that's um, Niantic, no, not Niantic, um, they do Pokemon Go, Game Freak and Nintendo have mm. done is they've introduced backwards compatibility. So they got stuff mm. like Pokemon Bank and Pokemon Home where you can transfer Pokemon from like the early early games onto your brand new ones nice so, so it's not just um pokemon you beat the game with yeah years ago are sitting around in a game that's gathering dust you yeah. can still have them as part of your team and the brand new games that's awesome man mm. I, that i can imagine that would make like the multiplayer stuff on the new platforms just really exciting because you have no idea what's going to come out from the other side like someone can pull something from literally over a decade ago and you'll go whoa i haven't seen one of those for a while (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing when you have such an array of pokemon Mm. it becomes all the more vital to build up your team and yeah because there's various types which are more or less effective to the other and there's everyone knows the typical one fire beats Mm. grass grass beats water water beats fire Mm. and then when you introduce dual types it becomes yeah. a bit more you become a bit more um analytical in right. what kind of pokemon to select and what kind of team to build up so that you're covering so many bases so that someone def- doesn't bring out one pokemon that annihilates your entire team yeah and, of course yeah and i guess in that way it's sort of a carry on from the trading card games right and mm. and it's very much in the spirit of the show and then into the video games of, yeah, you've basically got to use strategy. You've got to think about what you're doing and yeah, makes sense. Mm. And it's interesting because on the switch Mm. now, if say someone you wanted to say, I want to play a Pokemon game, but I haven't played in a while. What can I go for? There's quite a few choices because Mm. for example, there's a let's go, which is essentially an updated version of Pokemon yellow, but But when the Pokemon come out, the catching mechanism is more like Pokemon Go, where you're yeah. chucking Pokeballs rather than 
having your Pokemon whittle it down to catch it. Oh, so okay. That's a good thing for, say, people who just want an easy way back in. Yeah. And then for people who want something a bit more traditional, mm. there's Sword and Shield, which is the last... Um, I Yeah, they were Gen 8's main games where... Uh, it, yep, yep. And mm. it's, it is the typical thing of catch your Pokemon, beat the gym leaders, be the very best. And, but they introduced quite a few good ideas, which mm. also some which were carried over from Let's Go, such as now you, when you're walking around, you can see Pokemon in the overworld just walking about. And they can ah. notice you and just charge up to you, and then you have to battle them. Ah, okay. And Very then cool. The most recent one is um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is very the, the same, but also radically different, because you're, you're in the Sinnoh region from Gen 4, but like the olden days, when it's mm. more like feudal Japan kind of era. Oh, and, okay. And it is, uh, people have compared it to Breath of the Wild because you have Pokemon charging at you and the Pokemon can, the wild Pokemon can actually hurt you and knock you out. So it's not, and you do have these new alpha Pokemon, which are essentially, mm. say like a Snorlax, but mm. more big, stronger, red mm. eyes. And if you come near it, it's going to annihilate you. Oh, okay. Mm. Interesting. There's various options which any new player could try. And in some level, it feels like it's um, difficulty settings as well. Because I think, okay. mm. I do think the let's go is a bit quote unquote easier than, say, trying to sneak around. So, a Ghastly doesn't try and attack you for the 15th time in a row yeah. in, Le in Legends Arceus. Right. Okay. All right. Um, I've just seen, so I've just spotted on here, because you mentioned the generations. Um, mm. According to this list, there's another one coming out this year, right? Yes. Um, Scarlet and Violet, which mm -hmm. um, they've not really released a lot of information as of at the time. All we know okay. is it seems to be in like Spain sort of region. Right. Okay. The generations, the regions, they are modeled on, say, real life places. Like yeah. Gen, 8, Gen 8 Galar was modeled on the UK, for example. Ah. Mm. Okay. And so we know this new one's going to be set in a region that's modeled on Spain. And we know the three new starters who are going to be in there. Mm. that's it for now yeah i like uh, that all, all of this has honestly got me thinking i need to get a switch <laughs> <laughs> this and there's older episode i'm like i need to get one uh, that's it there's so many options that i think if just buy the console and then you're probably going to have a lot of different it's not just like i bought a console for one game there's various yeah. different things which you can try out and probably gonna have an excellent time with yeah yeah and as you say with, with pokemon alone right there's there's so many different variations and mm. spin-off spin games as well like if you think you're having fun with the main titles and you think yeah i fancy something a bit different there's plenty of options 
And one thing they've done in the past two generations is, mm. which they're also continuing over, it seems, is um, regional variants where you've got past Pokemon like Geodude or Marowak mm -hmm. or Raichu, and they've got different versions of them. Mm -hmm. So you got in the Galar region, which is Gen 7, no, Alola, which is Gen 7, which mm -hmm. is modeled after Hawaii. There's oh. a Marowak who's like all black, who plays with flames on its club. It's like a ghost type now. That's the Alolan Marowak. Huh. You've got various ones like that. And then Alolan Diglett, which is just Diglett with hair. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm wondering now if, if someone, someone out there must have caught all if not as many as possible right there's got to be someone out there who's got like an entire database just filled on on their console i'd be surprised if there wasn't at this point yeah yeah i'll have to find that out later but that's awesome again i, I love all of this i love that there is that ability uh to, to go that far and collect mm -hmm. so cool so you mentioned earlier that you know you've been playing still up to this day and it's sort of mm -hmm. something that's still part of your your friendship groups and what have you so mm -hmm. yeah what does that look like nowadays then for you um which bit do you mean i just mean in terms of you know when we're kids we're on the playground it's you're looking at cards you're hooking up your game boy advances to each other what's it kind of like now being a, a pokemon fan ah. what's the sort of connections that you can make well i think it's just become a point where oh yeah we're pokemon fans still but now we can actually manage our own time, spend money, and yeah. do what we want, really. <laughs> so, right. so you can still uh, have leagues and battles, right? You can still like hook up to switches and things like that. Yes, there is that stuff. We've cool. I've never done that before because mm -hmm. I get thoroughly frounced. <laughs> but we do go out on Pokemon Go quite often. It's sometimes just like, oh, right. it's a sunny day. Shall we go for a walk? And and um, every month there's these community days on Pokemon Go, which is essentially mm -hmm. we spot they spotlight this one Pokemon like um, Bulbasaur or Mareep mm -hmm. or something, and they're like, yeah, you can catch these in the wild if you can, but you can also catch shiny versions. Mm. And you could if you're if you're lo really lucky, or if you just catch loads and loads and loads, and then you could get one which is especially strong so that you can use it to defeat other players and that. So right. Do you know, I'm, yeah, now that we're on this, I, I want to bring up Pokemon Go. So Because that came out, when did that come out? That was only a few years ago, wasn't it? 2016, the 20th anniversary. Wow. Okay, yeah, because that dominated the world when that mm -hmm. came out. That was huge. And I think it, it clearly is still going, obviously. Yeah, um, when it came out, it seemed like a second resurgence for the Pokemon franchise because mm. everybody seemed to be talking about it. Mm. It was just... But I suppose, why wouldn't they? Because this is a way to catch them all on an app where you don't have to pay anything for. It's mm. no wonder so many people are playing it and people still are playing it. And yeah. what's wonderful is that I've been out and about seeing people playing Pokemon Go. I've mm. seen friends and families play the game together. I've seen adults about my age who were kids when the series came out walking around yeah. playing this game with their own kids. 
it's, it's wonderful. It's just like a lovely way to pass on your own love to the next generation. And yeah. because it's and it's it's not one of those things which are like, oh yeah, I love that as a kid. Ha. Mm. It's something which evolves, something mm. which which really spoke to you and can speak to say your children or your nephews and nieces or um or grandkids or whatever. It's it doesn't have to just be your thing. It can be the next generation's thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. A shared experience, definitely. Mm. And I, I guess that kind of speaks to or really it kind of fits into the whole legacy of Pokemon, right? This like you say that having something like Pokemon Go is great because it's accessible, it's on your phone, you're out and about, and it's another way of just sharing that because yeah, as you say, it's one of these things that's it, as we've established, is constantly reinventing itself mm-hmm. and appealing to new generations. So it makes total sense that they went down that road and yeah, I, I I love that it's still going. I have to say, I really do. You must have quite a lot of them by now. Yes, I've pretty much been playing since it came out. And sometimes my friends and I just um, go to a new place and just mm. like, let's see what's around here. Sometimes we'll just take advantage of good weather, go out mm. and just <laughs> see what else we can get from. But it also brings in that same thing of the multiplayer element because... Mm. What Pokemon Go does is um, there's specific Pokemon which are exclusive to parts of the world. So, right. for example, in the UK and Europe and that, there you can get Mr. Mime everywhere, mm. but other parts of the world don't have it. So mm. <laughs> if you want to fulfill the po- complete the Pokedex, you need to catch one and trade some with people who've been abroad and that. Right. Okay, I didn't know that. And can you do mm. battles and stuff in in the game? Yes. Um. Yes, you can. And they've introduced some, some of the later mechanics as well. Like there's Mega Evolutions, which is essentially specific Pokemon can go Super Saiyan essentially and have a more powerful version of themselves. Oh. So, okay. for example, Blastoise, the one with two, the big turtle with two guns on its back. Yeah. It's one massive gun on its back instead. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, I love it. That's so cool, man. Mm. It's, I might have to get the game again. I, <laughs> I remember playing it briefly, but as it's been established on the show, not much of a gamer, not very good, but I do enjoy <laughs> them anyway. Um, and, I, and I like the idea as well, because I did actually I did hear when Go Pokemon Go first came out that for many people, it was quite a helpful I don't know what the word i guess aid in sort of Ooh. helping them get outside some people who perhaps are a bit more introverted and you know would just sort of quite happily be indoors all day this kind of gave them a bit of a reason or a bit of a nudge to get outdoors as you said and like take advantage of the weather and just enjoy it and some people it helped them with anxiety i remember hearing about that at the mm. time so i think that's really cool as well you know that has been partly me as well because i quite oh, yeah. like being in my own skin and just sitting in and just watching endless tv or films or whatever mm-hmm. but but pokemon go has really encouraged me to get out and walk a bit more and mm-hmm. i i play it when i'm walking my dog so it's nice <laughs> so it's not so bad it it has helped me get out a bit more and uh get a bit out of my skin so it's it's very useful and and it's quite lovely that nintendo are 
trying to encourage people to play these games while also getting in their steps and being a bit more yeah. healthy in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if 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 it helps people to achieve those goals, then mm. yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It's more power to them, I guess. Mm. Awesome. I'm just wondering, where do you think the franchise is going to go from here then? Because I know there's so many different directions it could possibly go in, but what are your thoughts? Um, I think the games are going to keep that thing of evolving and bettering themselves. Like, mm-hmm. with, as I spoke with the most recent Legends Arceus game, which feels a bit more like an like an overworld RPG rather than a traditional Pokemon game we've gotten since the 90s. Mm. It's, um, I don't think that's something they're going to do away with just to go back to basics. I think they're going to, they're going to, um, just keep building on that and listening to the fan base and trying to better it. Cause you played the early games, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm just going to pull up that page again. I think where I kind of dropped off would have been I know Ruby and Sapphire. I remember Diamond and Pearl, mm. and sort of oh, I mentioned here Emerald and Platinum were the other ones. Yeah, I think Platinum rings a bell. So that's probably one of the last ones that I would have I would have played. Yeah. Mm. So it's oh goodness me, that's 2008. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, it's been it's been a minute. <laughs> do you remember the struggle with um HMs? Uh no, no I don't. Okay, so essentially there were some bits you can access because you needed a Pokemon that learned surf, a Pokemon that could cut down branch trees. Uh, and, right. Yep, yep. Okay. And it would always be you'd have to have your Pokemon know the moves. And Yes. Oh, that was infuriating. Yeah. yeah, and you would have one Pokemon in your team, which was essentially there just so you could teach him the moves and yeah. he'd otherwise be useless but he'd just essentially yeah. be <laughs> just mm-hmm. a tool to use they did away with that in gen 7 oh thank goodness for that <laughs> so they listen to the fan base and now it's just a case of you meet pokemon who can who know this stuff like you can all mm. you can call a bird pokemon to fly you everywhere rather than just walking back but you don't need that pokemon to be in your party you don't need one of your pokemon to learn the move you can properly build your team so that it's the most tactical advantage how you want without the need for HMs getting mm. in the way of that. I think it's going to be stuff like that, which um, they build upon the franchise to keep people interested, to keep, them, mm. to keep them wanting to come back. And of course, more new Pokemon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if the TV show is <laughs> ramping up in the way that you said, you know, earlier, where there's this sort of global connection coming together and if Ash is involved in all of that, if that's mm. probably going to help them spin more ideas for future games and areas. And of course, could end up having our very own, like, I don't know, Avengers Endgame kind of thing going on with <laughs> Pokemon. I mean, it's been around for over 20 years. So, yeah. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? you never know what's going to happen. <clears throat> oh, but with what? all of this, Sorry, go on. No, no, it's all right, you. I was just going to ask, like, just thinking about all of that stuff. Then, like, I'm, I'm wondering from your point of view, what do you think it is that's helped Pokemon to have this kind of long-lasting effect? Because, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I, I remember 
there were a lot of like imitation uh, shows and things that came mm-hmm. out, and it, it come, they've come and gone. But Pokemon seems to have just endured all of this, and it never seems to have wavered in its fandom, which I find fascinating. I know what you mean. Um, I think there's a few reasons why the series has endured for so long. In fact, I was wondering this myself, so I asked um, mm. my two of my oldest friends, shout out Tom and Eric, if you're listening. <laughs> um, I asked them about this, and we came up with a few things. Like, um, it's They keep adding and updating things. You can get like a new mm. mechanic or twist on fan favorites. Like The most yeah. recent one in Gen 8 was... Gigantamax battles where essentially you've got four people who are battling essentially a Pokemon that's become kaiju sized. Whoa, okay. And essentially it's you're battling together to mm. and helping each other out to take down this big Pokemon together. It's right, which also brings in that whole multiplayer element. Um, yeah, I also think it, it never hurts that they keep adding new Pokemon because you never know who's going to be the new fan favorite. Yeah. Also, down to the core of it, the fantasy aspect works so well because yeah. it's you build your team, you're journeying across these regions on marvelous adventures, but it's not like you're going with um, dwarven warriors or elven snipe, snipers or um, these fancy archetypes. You can have mm. it for your team range from creatures that look intimidating or baffling or the most adorable things you could imagine (laughs) right yeah but i think the real reason pokemon has endured for so long goes back to the reason adverts have lingered in the public consciousness they have a catchy tagline and an absolutely killer theme tune true do you know what true i was thinking today naturally this episode is going to open with the original pokemon theme because it is a banger Mm mm-hmm and it is, it's lived rent-free in my head <laughs> for many years. I mean, I how can it not? <laughs> part of it is um, the singer Jason Page is, he's been open about, he didn't, he had no idea this was going to take off. As far as he knew, it was just that series which caused epileptic seizures. <laughs> but That's great. But he, there's that recording of him just singing it, the whole theme, not just mm. the anime-only one in the recording booth and he's just giving it as all he's got so much energy delivering mm. the lines and he seems to really be proud of it he mm. seems to really acknowledge it and go to um go to places the fan will be fans will be and just does a big sing along with them he seems mm. to really be proud of what he's contributed to this franchise and he should because i swear that theme tune is a massive part of why people have people latched onto it, in all honesty. Yeah. yeah, I think so. It certainly grabs your attention when mm. you're a, a kid watching your cartoons on a Saturday morning. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and to be fair, it's there was a lot of themes after that. I don't think any of them reached the heights of that original one. It that series mm. has just been out the gate, this out the gate five stars with the original one but there's yeah. some really good themes after that especially in the early stuff oh yeah and yeah um you can find on youtube just compilations of the themes and some some are okay there's one which is just essentially the first one but lesser version mm-hmm. but there's 
some genuinely good ones, some genuine which capture that sense of wonderment and adventure that the first one brought in with just that opening guitar riff. Mm. Any standouts to you in particular? I really like the late Pokemon Journeys one, which I who sang it. I think it was like Walk the Moon or some band like that. So okay. the, the journey starts today. It's just this it's uh there was a point um a year or two ago where i was just um just at home ill not covid thankfully tested Mm. that tested that absolutely i was just Mm. feeling awful and i was just looking through netflix and it was just like oh there's a new pokemon series on here i'll try that and just Mm. the opening just really brought back that sense of wonderment which Mm. i had from the series and it was probably the first time in a while I just felt something that wasn't awfulness. Yeah, during that yeah, time. I get you. Cool. Oh, I like that. I'm going to look at some of these uh, later. Mm. As I said, def- definitely get any original and chucking it in because yes. why not? <laughs> <laughs> Has to be done. Um, but yeah, did, I'm wondering, did you ever watch any of the um, the sort of, I don't want to say knockoffs because that's not fair, but... Mm. I think it's safe to say there were a lot of imitations, right, that came yes. out of, and and that's natural, you know, with any studio, right? You're gonna they're gonna say we've got a hit, so we've got this formula, and we'll sort of try and tweak it ever so slightly. Because I remember stuff like I think was it Yu Gi Oh and Digimon mm. and Beyblades was another one, and they all kind of had the same thing of like similar style characters, similar idea of battling creatures or whatever it was, mm. and then with it would come all the toys and the cards and so forth. Well, I was the perfect age. I latched on to all of those. I pretty much, <laughs> if it had an anime series I could watch, if it had uh-huh. like toys or cards or whatever that I could get for birthdays and that, I was hook, line and sinker on it. Right. Uh, I especially really liked Yu-Gi-Oh! And I quite liked Digimon as well, which mm. it's unfortunate. It had like Mon at the end. So everyone was like, oh, it's just a Pokemon ripoff. But mm. when you go back to the series, it's all the Digimon are digital creatures. So essentially, it's like Agumon for essentially his name would be Agu.mon, like, like oh. .jpeg and that. It's unfortunate oh. it just got in that poker, that, oh, this is a Pokemon knockoff thing when it was actually quite good in its own right. But okay. none of them look none of them endured for me like Pokemon has. Mm. And I do think a big part of that is because I've really bonded with my friends over it. And, and the series kept evolving and kept Mm. like giving me new things, which Yu-Gi-Oh tried that, but it just left me alienated with it, different ways to play the card game. Whereas with Mm. Pokemon, I never cared about how to play the card game. I just cared about what kind of silly pose, um, Eevee was pulling or mm. what kind of drawing was on the card and sure and um you know what um in the, they also had pokemon centers lined up around the world which essentially exclusive stores where you could just get pokemon exclusive things oh i did not know that okay mm. they haven't had one in the uk but there's there was one which um it was like a pop-up shop in london yeah. And they were very limited on like it got to a point where they were like went from you can only buy six things per person to you can only buy five things per person. 
because they were so popular. Wow. So <laughs> me and my friends, we left. It was essentially a two and a half hour drive to London and it opened at half 10. No, we opened at 10. So we left here at midnight to queue <laughs> all night and got there at half two, waited in the queue until it opened at 10. We still didn't get in till half 10. And what? there was there was so much um, out of stock by the time we got in. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't think you would have gotten the same thing with like a Yu-Gi-Oh mm. store or a Digimon store or a Beyblade no. store. I don't think you would have. I think quite rightly mm. so. And that's wild. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised I didn't have a dedicated store. I mean, for crying out loud, we have an M&M store in London. So <laughs> why do we not have a, a Pokemon one? You know? I don't know. It seems like there was such interest in just that. Mm. I can't remember. It was like a month long span or two months or something they had there. And, yeah. and I think if you, you're right, if they had that in in like Leicester Square or something, it, mm. you would get so much interest. And to be Absolutely. honest, if it's there mm. physically rather than limited time, you probably mm. wouldn't get people just going like, right, take that, 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 buy everything. Yeah. Because you could just go back in like a week or so and probably be there again. Yeah. And like you say, they could funnel in exclusives and you could also sell other Nintendo memorabilia. You could mm. throw in a few switches and, you know, DSs and whatever else with, pokemon covers on them and make a little extra money I'm, I'm surprised no one's done this sooner but never know might happen sooner rather than later but that is that's wild though having, mm. to, having to wait all that time fair play to you james for trying that i don't think i'd have the, the stomach for it <laughs> that's the thing it's it was just a point of we don't know if this is going to happen again let's just go all sure. out and get it done i my sleeping pattern was absolutely ruined by that. <laughs> i bet but <laughs> It's such a lovely memory I just have yeah. of just being sleep deprived, going in there and just getting just exclusive things, which I still treasure to this day. Mm. It's it's stuff, but it's also the memories which are burnt yeah. into my mind. And of course. The, the happy times I had doing that. Yeah, yeah. And, and as you say, yeah, unfortunately, the others didn't quite live up to that. I mean, I remember some of the merch and stuff that hung around. I know Yu-Gi-Oh had like that card deck holder thing on your arm. Mm -hmm. I remember like a couple of friends at school bought that and um, Beyblades in particular. I remember the merch for that was pretty strong. Like people bought mm. arenas and, um, you know, I remember buying one or two of those and like let, let them rip as they used to say. And, you know, like, like I remember that. And that, yeah. that was quite fun, although it did lead to a few cuts and bruises. I think schools ended up banning them in the end because they just smash into each other and bits of plastic would fly into kids' faces and <laughs> hands and stuff. I mean, people forget that schools also banned, like, Pokemon stuff because kids really? were... Really? Yeah, kids were, like, stealing other kids' cards. And, oh. yeah, it was unfortunate. But I do remember it was just the thing of, no, we need to ban this stuff. and. Mm. Ah, oh, that sucks, but yeah, I just, I, I'll always remember that though, very fondly on the playground and I don't know, I'm 27, so obviously I have no idea, no kids of my own, so I have no idea what goes on in playgrounds these days, if if that's still a thing or if, if Pokemon games are still popular on on the playground, I hope they are because there was a lot of fun to be had in that and if kids have got Switches now, I'm sure they could link up and play and that's part of the fun, right? 
I mean, Pokemon Go alone, they're probably... Well, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, saying that, you're right. Yeah, they mm. probably all got it on their phones still. Mm. Sometimes when, like, I'm going through town or something, there will be just a kid with their parents and they're wearing, like, a Pikachu top or something. <laughs> and I just get a warm feeling because I know something I love is loved by so, by someone younger than me and they're probably having those same lovely experiences and making those same memories which i did back in the day and it's just it's lovely yeah yeah absolutely man ah mm. oh, i've lo- i've absolutely loved talking to you about this james um i'm just wondering was there anything else you wanted to to talk about anything's on your mind with pokemon um oh here's an interesting thing yeah go for it pokemon w- is short for Pocket Monsters, obviously. Yes, yeah. That wasn't its original name. Originally, they were going to call it Capsule Monsters, but it got, huh. cha- it got changed because of trademark difficulties. Trademark? Who had Capsule Monsters in? I have no idea, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know if Capmon or Capsulemon or whatever mm. would have taken off in the same way. I was going to say, yeah, what would be this sort of rough translation? Yeah, probably Capmon. Hmm. Maybe it would have, but yeah, Pokemon does have a nice ring to it. That is quite close to Capcom as well. Ah, maybe. Maybe that was it then. But mm. yeah, no, I'm <laughs> glad we got Pokemon. I quite like it. Mm. I'd also just like to highlight that mm-hmm. there's also a manga series, Pokemon Adventures, which um, oh. has been going since 1997, and it's been written by the same guy all that time. Um, Whoa. Hiden- Hidenori Kusa- Kusaka. And it's not got Ash or Misty or Brock or... Well, Misty and Brock, yeah, they're gym leaders from the game. It's not got Ash in there, but hmm. it, it's more inspired by the games. And it gives the stories more of an epic feel. And it's distinctive enough that it's really its own thing. And it's hmm. it's really good stuff. I would recommend it to anyone who's interested in Pokemon. It's it's a great little corner of the franchise which yeah. i which deserves a lot more love mainstream love and i'd really recommend trying it awesome no i like the sound of that that's really mm. cool and it, especially if it's written by the same guy like 20 years on that's mm. yeah, that's brilliant yeah it's i think that just shows the staying power of if you if you love something so much that you can st- write it for 25 years that's mm. 25 years at least and i mean probably a steady paycheck helps as well but yeah <laughs> i think thinking back now to like one of the early early episodes of the show with anime i think i remember learning that that yeah if something was a hit the writers would just keep going back to it because i think the nature of the industry is like you you know <laughs> they don't just get licensed to go and make other stuff it's like no no this works we like this if they want to say, but I have a new thing, I'll go, mm. yeah, but it's not a proven quantity, so we're not going to fund it, which is <laughs> kind of wild to me. But at the same time, you think, yeah, maybe that's why things like Pokemon and countless other anime, manga, and all these other series have lasted as long as they have, because the people behind them are going, well, I've, I've got a steady paycheck, so I need to invest in this property and <laughs> yeah. keep it as interesting as possible just to keep food on the table more than anything else. <laughs> that's Possibly. true. Because if you do something in half measures, it shows. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. Mm. Um, and as we said, with this particular franchise, it's, as you say, they, they've clearly kept on top of things and trends and just reinventing it and adding stuff. I mean, I think about actually creating another generation of Pokemon 
for a new game, it must be a headache creatively just to sit down and think, okay, got to come up with a few hundred more like Pokemon now. And like, how do I, how do we make this sponge interesting? And, mm. and of course, all the variations, as you say, and evolutions and yeah, there must be a lot of time and creative effort that goes into that. Yeah, because it's not, it, you, the Pokemon is a big thing, but then it's also mm. making that region feel so distinctive with like the characters, the locations, mm-hmm. and a big part of the games, the music, the way yes. to just yeah. really bring it alive. That's true. Actually thinking about it, yeah. In the games, I remember like each area had a distinct little jingle or something to it, mm. which was really fun. Yeah, that must take a lot of time to piece all that together. And... Um, uh... I mean, yeah, the music is a real underrated part because mm. anyone who played those early games will have the theme for um, Lavender Town just seared onto their soul, really. <laughs> Lavender Town. I'm going to have to look this up. I'm gonna, I will probably drop that in somewhere. <laughs> That's time. the town where it's there's ghost Pokemon. There's that big um, graveyard, essentially. Okay. It, I'm just, just going to have a quick <laughs> listen. Oh, good. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's come flooding back. <laughs> that is haunting. I might drop that in. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to have to just listen to all these different jingles now because mm. I even just remember the, like, the jingle for when you get bumped by a Pokemon and then you fall yes. into a battle, you know, the biddly, 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 like when it sort of <laughs> kicks in and... That would make my heart race every single time. And then um, I would say the my favourite soundtrack is for generation three which is the ruby and sapphire and emerald ones and mm-hmm. sometimes when i'm just like writing stuff i will just play it and it's such a wonderful background accompaniment and and i get a nostalgia rush as well which probably helps really Yeah. Oh, man, that's brilliant. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. <laughs> I just want to add one last thing. Go Apparent, for it. Apparently, Pikachu wasn't the original choice for the franchise mascot. Really? Who were they thinking? Apparently, Ash's first Pokemon was considered to be a Clefairy. Clefairy? I don't mind myself with the Clefairies. Is that the butterfly one? No, it's the, it's the like angel-looking one that was from the moon. It's a big pink one. Oh, yes. I mean, it's cute, but yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, I'm, a... just, maybe I'm just biased because it's Pikachu. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing a pretty awesome top, but can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that with a Clefairy dressed as the Joker instead? Uh, I will have to include a picture of this for this episode. But yes, I am wearing a Pikachu as the Joker top, which I can't remember where I got this, but I saw it and was like, I must have that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, you're right. I couldn't see this image with uh, with a Clefairy on it. I mean, mm. in many ways, I think it would be more terrifying if, if it was that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, just looking at all of these guys, actually, like the first gen, you know, like Eevee and Bulbasaur and Charmander, they're just adorable, aren't they? Mm. Oh, question. The mm. original three starters, which would you choose? Oh, that's an excellent question. I think I always went Charmander, but I got to say, I... I was always torn because Bulbasaur and Squirtle are just awesome. And it's just like, oh. I'm pretty sure every time I played the game, I probably went for a different one just for the sake of it. <laughs> what about you? Um, in the early days, I was drawn to Squirtle, but as I've grown mm. older, I've just loved Bulbasaur more and more. Yeah. I, th- I think Bulbasaur is legitimately my favorite starter now of all of them. But Really? Okay. Yeah. But... That's a lineup where there isn't a wrong choice. Oh, no, no, you're absolutely spot on. Yeah, there's, mm. there's no wrong answer. I always find that interesting, actually, that they they went with that in the games. Because um, obviously Pikachu was Ashes. But then if I remember correctly, I think that that wasn't one of the choices he had, was it, in the original game? Pikachu wasn't. I think it was those three he was offered yes. at the start. I think he yes. picked the Charmander. Um, I could be wrong. It? I can't remember. I know in the anime he eventually catches like one of each Bulbasaur, Squirtle, yes. Charmander, but in the game, yeah, in the game you could just catch Pikachu in Viridian Forest um, on its mm. own. But then they did Pokemon Yellow, where essentially the only choice is Pikachu. So yeah, that's right. Mm. Which clearly um, the popularity of Ash starting with Pikachu was mm. a main point for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it would have been. Ah mm. oh, man. That's so cool. And I just actually, I want to get your thoughts on something. Um, what did you think Shoot. of the, the live action movie Detective Pikachu? Because it's something we talked about with the Zelda episode with Matt was this idea of, you know, live action video games. And yeah, I feel like Detective Pikachu, I, I quite liked it personally. I mean, what, what did you think? I really liked it. I think they did very well to get to the heart of um, what people love about Pokemon while not okay. being too bogged down on... Because a lot of video game adaptations, the issue is, I find, is that the video games were channeling um, so channeling stuff from the films. Like, for example, Tomb Raider was channeling, say, Indiana Jones and that. But then yeah. when you repurpose that for the big screen, it feels like just a watered-down version of what was done in that medium so very well before. Sure. And I think with... With Detective Pikachu, what worked really well is they didn't just try and do, um, say, the Pokemon series, the main games. They took mm. this original idea, which was from a, a spin-off game, which didn't even do that well over here. And they just thought, this is probably a great idea for adapting, adapting Pokemon for the big screen. And they just really ran with it rather than just doing a nostalgia bait kind of remember doing this and you when you play the games kind of thing yeah you know, that's a fair point actually because it's it's an interesting concept blend that mm. this sort of detective story but with pokemon and then it's sort of allowed for i think really cool world building and i know the thing that really stood out to me actually was seeing live action versions of each of these characters and just how insanely adorable they were on screen <laughs> like they're already cute in in animated form but then I think it's like the field of Bulbasaurs when those yes. guys turn up. I mean, I think my wife went with me to the cinema. We both just looked at each other like, oh 
my goodness, they're so cute. You just wanted to reach in the screen and just pull one out. Mm. <laughs> I uh, think, yeah, got, got that down pretty well, I think. Yeah, they really brought alive the Pokemon well as well, because mm. there's always that issue with that worry where you could have something great like that, or it could go a bit cat. Yes, very true. Yeah, mm. or um, at the time of recording, I just watched the Chip and Dale movie, which is incredible, by the way, if oh, yeah? people haven't seen it. Oh, it's hilarious. It's kind of modern-day Roger Rabbit, as close as you can get to that. Um, and there's, there's heavy references to Ugly Sonic, <laughs> and it's hilarious. And, yeah, it, it's just made me think of that. You're right, that, that's the direction this could have gone in quite easily if they'd mm. not got it right. But, no, they, thankfully they got the balance... Um, in the animation style, and I even thought the story was kind of good. It was weird and wacky, and by the end, you've got like, was it Bill Nye? Uh, is is like Mewtwo at the end? Oh yeah, like, yeah. And I, and I'm just like, what am I watching right now? This is wild and great. But then, when you consider it's based off of you know an anime cartoon with all sorts of wacky stuff that happens over the generations, it's like, mm. yeah, this fits. It's fine. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I quite liked Ryan Reynolds as Detective Pikachu, but yeah, yeah. ever since the internet said about Danny DeVito in the role, I've just wanted <gasps> nothing uh, uh, but that. That would work so well. Mm, right? Oh, I'd love to see that. Or better yet, Danny DeVito as Squirtle. Or, this is another great one I heard, <laughs> Danny DeVito as Meow from the Team Rocket. Yes! No, that's it. That's the one. But yeah. here's the twist. He's not mm. an, giving me his voice for Meowth or dressed up as Meowth. He just comes mm. on, he's Danny DeVito, and he's like, I'm Meowth. <laughs> you mean kind of like Always Sunny style, like he's just yes. in a bad wig or something? <laughs> oh, like A little onesie. <laughs> oh, can, can you imagine Danny DeVito saying some of the stuff he says in It's Always Sunny? But, yeah, but as Meowth, oh my yes. goodness. Oh, <laughs> That would be incredible. That would be mm. so good. So anyway, I start blasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. No, you know, I want to see that now. If they ever do a sequel, yeah, absolutely. That's it. You spot it. You right on the head. Yeah. Danny DeVito has me out in the sequel, please. I'm the trash man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could do this all day. But yeah, oh, that yeah. That oh, that's a brilliant note. I think to bring this to <laughs> Brian Reynolds, if you're listening, yeah, make make the sequel happen and just put Danny DeVito in as that, that's your sequel right there, isn't it? You don't need to do anything else. Just those two going back and forth. You know, I know Ryan Reynolds ends up being himself in the end, and he mm. leaves the Pikachu bot. You could you could flip it back. It's fine. It's well, fine. Just do a Jumanji uh, next level thing where it's... Um, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, you think it's the same thing, but no, it's really Danny DeVito in the body. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty of options. Love to mm. see it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't know where... Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, James, I, I've loved this, man. This has been same. brilliant. Um, <laughs> that's that's going to be in my head all day now. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to focus on anything else. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, I guess to take us home then, where, where can the good people find you and your projects? 
Um, if you want to look me up, I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd at RoddersJ04. That's spelled with two Ds. Um, I'm part of a trio who do podcasts or entitled Invasion of Poddy People. You can find us on the Not Just For Kids Film Club um, network uh, at all the usual places you get podcasts at. And I compile like all reviews I write, um, mm-hmm. articles mm-hmm. I write, uh, podcast appearance I make on my site at reviewingrodders.co.uk so yeah come check that out absolutely i'll put links to, to all of that in the show notes as usual and all that's left to say is just thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me and gotta catch them all <laughs> quite right and there we have it a huge thank you to james for coming on to the podcast and sharing your love of all things pokemon i hope you guys listening enjoyed that episode as much as i did Please make sure you go and check out James's other contributions to this podcast, including his very own episode during the sitcom summer series that I did last year, all about community, and his contributions to the massive Star Wars episode that came out a few weeks ago. Both are well worth checking out. And of course, I've linked to his very own creative works too, such as the Invasion of the Potty People podcast and his website, both of which are in the show notes. You definitely should go and check those out at the end of this episode. As always, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you to Alex, who designs the wonderful artwork for the podcast. If you like what you see in our logo and Twitter banners, then make sure you check out his details also in the show notes. You can get in touch with him and commission him for your very own artwork. In fact, it's so great that I even put it on all of the official podcast merch, which you can find linked in the show notes for the Tee Public store of this podcast. That's all there as well if you want to go and check it out. And speaking of supporting the podcast, well, you can go and buy merch, and absolutely, I would love for you to do that, and I'd love to see it out there in the wild. You can send me pictures via the email and social media, also linked in the show notes. But... The main thing that you can do, really, to support this podcast is share it. It's as simple as that. I've been noticing a nice bump up in the numbers recently, so you guys out there have clearly been spreading the word, and I cannot thank you enough for doing so. One way that really helps to spread the word for the podcast is to leave reviews. In fact, five stars seems to be the one that gets people's attention, so you can do that on a number of podcasting platforms. In fact, uh, I'd like to take a minute just to say a massive thank you to a previous guest of the show, Ellie Realis. She left me a lovely five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and it reads as follows. I've had the pleasure of guesting on the Fundamentals podcast with Harley not once, but twice, and can honestly say that this show is a hoot. Harley really manages to capture the essence of what makes someone's eyes sparkle when talking about something they're passionate about through effective interviewing and open-mindedness a truly wholesome and dynamic podcast of which you should go back and listen to from the beginning. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for saying that. And I know you're not just saying that because you've been on the show and we're good friends. Well, maybe you are. I don't know. But I like to think that you're saying that because you do really enjoy the podcast. And I'm sure some of you out there listening will echo those sentiments. And if you do, then follow Ellie's footsteps and go and leave me a lovely review. It would make my day. And not only that, but I will read it out on the podcast just like this uh make sure that you tell me though that you've done so because i should say full disclosure ellie wrote that a few months ago and i missed it so that's my bad but again that's uh, why i need you guys to tell me if you've done something great like that for the podcast there's no shame 
and sending me a quick little message or an email just to say that you did that and so I can say thank you. In fact, a bunch of you have even left just five star ratings. You've not left a review, but that's okay. You've just clicked five stars, which I greatly appreciate. So again, if you're one of those people, please tell me because I would love to say thank you on the show. Right, that's enough from me. I'll be back again in a few weeks' time with a completely different guest on a completely different subject. So until next time, grab your Pokedex, head out into the wild, and see if you can catch them all. Pikachu, use Thunderbolt! Yeah.